Hey guys, happy Sunday. Welcome to another edition of our podcast, our weekly podcast. Welcome to the GAR Capital Podcast. My name is Carlos Garcia. I'm the founder and CEO of this podcast. We are doing a simulcast like we do every week. Uh, this will be simulcast on our iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, on Apple, excuse me, as you can see here, and also on YouTube. Our YouTube channel has all has a couple of the episodes for the most part, but the iTunes, I mean, excuse me, I keep saying iTunes, the podcast, Apple Podcast, excuse me, has all 11 of our episodes, including our um, introduction to our podcast. So again, uh, they average about 35 minutes long. We'll take too much of your time. Uh, we don't want to take, just go over everything repetitively. We want to talk about the news and information that you need to profit from the markets for the upcoming week. So with that being said, let's begin. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, out of your weekend, to listen to this podcast. Again, guys, we've had so much uh, great feedback from it, great information, uh, feedback, just a lot of love, a lot of uh, appreciation. And guys, thank you so much. Again, uh, this is a free podcast for everybody. We don't charge for it. As you know, we do have, uh, you know, we have our services, of course, but for the most part, this is free and we want to make sure to keep it that way. So again, uh, we keep it going with your subscriptions, of course, which is free. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor app, and of course, our YouTube channel. So again, I just want to take the time to say thank you so much. We do appreciate it. Let's go ahead and talk markets. So the first thing I want to go ahead and bring up today, let me go ahead and bring up my browser here. First thing I want to bring up today, I'm going to bring up Forex Factory. Let's take a look at the big elephant in the room, which is the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve monetary policy is always in view. So we're looking at tomorrow, which is tomorrow is March 19th. We have the G20 meetings. Uh, something that I want to take a look at G20 meetings is going to talk about crypto. Crypto has taken a absolute beating across the board. Um, it's just what it is. Uh, I want to take a look and give you the exact, uh, the exact um, quotes right now on GDAX. Uh, let's see the exchange here. Looking here at Bitcoin today, uh, 73.66 down 7%. Ethereum down 20% at 466, and Litecoin just getting absolutely slaughtered at 11%. And I'm going to go and delve back into crypto here in a second. But the G20 meetings is something that I'm very looking forward to. I think that these company, I mean these countries, uh, these you know, top, you know, first world countries that meet the G20, which is the top 20 economies on planet Earth, they talk about exactly what's important in regards to economics and the global economy. I think, and I want to say, I don't want to say think because I'm not going to be there, obviously, but I think crypto is going to be in focus here regarding regulation. Regulation is so key. This is what's holding back cryptocurrency. Yes, we had a spike back in November last year and December, but again, we need to take a look and see, you know, the crypto is not going to go away. This is definitely a new asset class. And these economists, these uh, leading uh, uh, ministers of economy in different countries need to address cryptocurrency. It's, it's not going to go away. Definitely not going to go away. Um, so again, we're going to take a look and keep you guys up to date on any information that comes out of these G20 meetings and exactly what they say. But that's something I want to look forward to on Monday. On Tuesday, again, a continuation of the G20 meetings. Uh, let's see what they say. Again, we're just going to continue on that. Uh, this is mostly macroeconomic stuff. On the 21st, this is the big day. We have two things coming out. We have, of course, every Wednesday, the crude oil inventories report, uh, 10.30 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. But 2 p.m., is the federal funds rate and the FOMC statement. Again, very, very important because this is basically the interest rate that's going to be done by the central bank. Now, again, I do believe 
I mean, well, even a certainty, we're going to get a rate hike. It's just going to happen. It's a certainty, a virtual uncertainty. Uh, the question is not how many times you're going to raise the rate throughout the, throughout the year, but just the velocity of it. The velocity is the key. Are we going to do 25 basis points or 50 basis points? That 50 basis points would be, the, would be the ceiling. I don't think that's going to happen. But for the most part, the Federal Reserve, guys, since the economy is so hot, meaning wages uh, are going up, unemployment is less and less in this country, that creates inflation for the most part. We've seen consumer price index go up. We've seen producer price index coming up. Again, but it's not as quickly as the Federal Reserve has expected, but again, a little stagnant in regards to prices. But again, wages are up, unemployment is down, the economy is strong. It is. But for the most part, the Federal Reserve kind of raises rates. And basically, they change monetary policy onto a recession. And it's not on purpose, but it's just the way timing goes. Most bull markets last about 8 to 12 years, maybe 10. We're in our 10th year of this bull run since 2008, 2018. Uh, the party has to be over sometime. We're going to get a drop in growth. Remember, a recession is two consecutive quarters of, of, of falling growth. So just a heads up. That's what a recession is, technically. So that would be measured by gross domestic product. So again, the FOMC, which is the uh, Federal Open Market Committee, which is the Federal Reserve, that handles rates. Again, they have to agree on raising rates, which I believe they will. The main question here is that, is this priced in? Are the markets pricing this in? And I say, yes, it has been priced in because it's almost a certainty now. Now, the question is, what do I do? The two things I want to take a look here when it comes to the federal uh, funds rate is, is um, the dollar, obviously, the DXY. Let me go ahead and bring it up on my scanner here. DXY, which we have, see, this is an hourly chart. I'm just going to show you a bull mark, bull move to the upside, but I want to take a look at it daily for the most part. And you can just see it's just been an absolute bear. Again, we're taking the long term because we want to be looking at how many rate hikes. So let's go ahead and clear this out. This is the uh, the mark of the bull run from February on to now March, which is about one month. But I really want to take a look here at a daily chart. And a daily chart, we went from 101 now to 90, 91, no, excuse me, 9018. So looking here on this chart, this is DXY for everyone who's on the podcast. You can take a look at it when you get a chance. Uh, 91 tends to be the resistance here with around 8847 on the support level. Now, again, we're still ranging in this channel since January, since the beginning of 2018. But again, it's still bearish. Now, if we get a rate hike, is the dollar going to go ahead and go up? Again, it all depends on the statement. What are the Fed? What is the Federal Reserve going to say? Are they going to say, hey, this is the first of many? Or is just we're going to slowly ease into it? Remember, we have a new federal chairman. This isn't uh, you know, Janet Yellen anymore. Completely different now. So again, you have to see what's going to happen with this Federal Reserve now. Are they going to raise rates? The question is yes. The, answer, the question is velocity. How much? How fast are they going to do it? So again, be very careful. Um, I would definitely put an alert around 91 and a half, maybe 91.10. Want to go ahead and add an alert for the DXY. And then obviously if we break down support here on 88.51, I would also add an alert on the DXY. So you can actually go ahead and short it. And if we were to short, the one currency I would want to short the dollar against is always the yen. The yen is the strongest currency uh, across the board for Forex in the last six months. So again, dollar yen would be my play to the short side. Euro dollar long would be my play to uh, as well. They'll be my second favorite play on the forex side. 
Now, if you're talking about the dollar bouncing back, then I would say, let's say a stronger dollar, I would definitely play dollar Canadian dollar. A dollar, a stronger dollar is going to hurt oil because it's price and commodities. It's all price in dollars. So I would definitely go long dollar Canadian dollar here on any kind of dollar strength. That would be my one play I would, I would run with. So again, very important, the DXY. Also, I want to take a look at Dow Futures. Dow Futures, with any kind of moves here, I'm going to go ahead and remove my old drawing set. Any kind of moves here uh, from the Federal Reserve, again, everything has almost been bullish. Ever since this big rig rise in, in, uh, in January, where we had 26,684, which was the all-time high for futures, we've been just ranging here around the 24 level, 24 to 25, about a thousand point range. Again, think about exactly in percentages and perspective, 1,000 points on a $26,000 market is, or 26,000 point market isn't that much if you're thinking relatively. Um, if you're looking at a 10,000 point market, then that's a 10% move. That's a lot. <laughs> so again, double that, we're talking about maybe 4% uh, moves here, 3% moves. So again, uh, right in the middle of this channel here on a daily, if we can go ahead and break 25.5, very, very bullish. But if we break down below 24,000, then we're going to start looking at maybe some hedge plays, like a VIX call or maybe some gold, uh, just to kind of hedge our bets and see exactly where we're going with this market. But for the most part, if I'm down here on the Dow, if I'm definitely shorting the Dow, I'm shorting Caterpillar, I'm shorting Boeing, which have added so many points to the Dow Jones on a relative speaking basis. As, as a, Also, in turn, if the Dow goes up, I want to play... The, um, the actual stocks that I have been doing well, like the Caterpillars and the Boeings and the McDonald's and the Intels. So we're going to go ahead and segue in a little second about Intel and the chip makers as well. But let's go ahead and finish up the week. Looking at the week here, again, Wednesday is the Super Bowl of the week, you know, and then we also have a Royal Bank of New Zealand and their rate statement. So again, I wouldn't put much weight into it. Uh, you're going to get some moves in the Kiwi, but for the most part, Everything's on the dollar, U.S. dollar. And then Thursday, we have the pound monetary policy. That's 8 in the morning. So your, your pound traders, take a look at that. Very, very important. I would stay away from the British pound. A, it's very volatile. And B, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. So again, they could just keep rates as is. It's not as uh, a certainty as the Federal Reserve in the United States. And on Friday, we have some CPI numbers and Canadian, uh, Canadian inflationary data. So another catalyst for the Canadian dollar. So again, if the dollar gets stronger, I'm definitely going long dollar Canadian dollar for the most part. That's where we're at. So that's sort of basically your Forex kind of update, macroeconomics. Uh, looking at our tweet deck here on our Twitter page, I want to show you here, this is the most anticipated earnings releases. Here's the stocks I'm looking at. I'm looking at Oracle, and I'm definitely looking at Federex, Federal Express, and I'm looking at Nike, I'm looking at Micron, and I'm looking at uh, uh, Carnival Cruise Line. The only thing with Oracle... You have an 84% on the call side looking at, for the most part, on the volume for options. Uh, we have a couple alerts in for our members. Uh, Federal Express, same thing, 63% on the call side. So a little bit more, less of a bullish call. Nike has 67% on the put side. So it's more of a bearish call. And Micron is 71% to the call side. Uh, definitely have some alerts on that one. And we're going to talk Micron here in a second. CCL, which is Carnival Cruise Line. Again, a play on traveling, play on a good economy. When the economy does well, most consumers are going to want to go on cruises, on vacations. Again, Expedia, Travelocity, uh, Priceline. Priceline has definitely fell from their highs. But again, that's kind of a leading indicator of the, the, the consumer. And we had a great University of Michigan uh, sentiment number, one of the all-time highs. I think all-time high. 
And that's maybe the leading indicator for that. So again, you may want to take a look at CCL. Again, 59% of the call side on that one. Uh, we have a couple of plays taking a look at, but there's one I wanted to I want to go ahead and let you know. Federal Express price target raise was on 315 uh, to 280 by Baird. FedEx was upgraded to outperformed. I mean, outperform was maintained. Oppenheimer raised their price target to 274, but Zach's investment firm moved them from buy to hold. So again, about three three companies are bullish. Uh, two two uh, houses are bullish, and we got a price target raise at 274. Um, as you know, Micron price target was raised to 100, I believe, by Baird as well. Uh, Oppenheimer was the one at 274. If you want to take a look at her Twitter page, so again, I want to go ahead and go over Micron with you. We talked about Intel earlier, but Micron is very important. I want to go ahead and talk to you about this. Micron has absolutely been on a tear, and if you've been watching us or listening to us, uh, morning note, afternoon note, what have you, we've been talking about the chip makers. NVIDIA, Micron, and AMD. Those are my three chip plays. And I've always ranked them. I've always said NVIDIA is number one, and I've said number two is AMD, which I'm a shareholder of, and Micron uh, is number three. Now, not to say that Micron is bad, but again, not as bullish as the other two. Well, I'm going to go ahead and adjust that. I want to say that Micron would probably be number one, and I'll go ahead and explain why. If we're looking here, if you're looking here on the YouTube channel, I want to do a comparison. Uh, there's a little bit of a fundamental analysis here. We're looking at NVIDIA and we're looking at Micron. This is one of their comparisons. If you look at the stock price right now, NVIDIA and Micron, NVIDIA is trading at $250 a share, Micron at 60. Remember, we had a price target range of 100, raised to 100. Micron has a market cap of 70 billion and NVIDIA has a $151 billion valuation. The valuation is based on the stock price times the shares outstanding. 34,000 employees for Micron, 11,000 for NVIDIA. P.E. ratio, 9.55. So Micron, you only pay $9.55 per dollar earned against NVIDIA's 54 price-to-earnings ratio. Now, granted, NVIDIA does pay a dividend, which is very weak, quarter of a percent. But I'm looking at valuations here. Micron is absolutely cheap. Absolutely cheap. $9.55. It's almost a value stock, in a sense. You're definitely getting the valuation here on the cheap Looking at the valuation here, Micron is basically less, less than half the valuation of NVIDIA. So either NVIDIA is overpriced in your eyes or Micron is underpriced. So I like to say the latter. I think Micron is a value play, very, very underpriced. So with that being said, all things considered, looking at this chart, again, very parabolic on a, on a daily. You see more parabolic on an hourly. But again, parabolic means just go ahead to the upside, taking the escalator up. Now, here's the thing. If looking at this stock, all things be considered, both on the sector, both numbers, same of uh, the same employee, not the same number of employees, but all things being equal, same sector. Now, granted, NVIDIA does have the partnership with uh, with Nintendo Switch, one of the best, one of the better selling uh, handhelds uh, gaming right now. I mean, the thing with chips right now, guys, is that you're betting on tech and tech has been the leader sector of the S&P. Now, we know why, because everything is the Internet of Things, the cloud and what have you. Chip makers have been just on a tear. And you want to get on these three stocks, Micron would be my pitch to you. $70 billion against NVIDIA's $151 billion market cap. So again, less than half of the evaluation. I'm getting more value out of Micron long term. So again, I would take a look at Micron for this simple fact. If you're pricing it right now, the stock at $50, $60 and NVIDIA's at $250, if NVIDIA does not make a move and Micron meets that level of NVIDIA, Micron is definitely a $120 stock. $120 stock right now. 
I, I do believe that this is a hundred, I say it's a hundred dollar stock, but $120 stock. Absolutely. You're talking double the valuation, basically meeting the valuation, the valuation of Nvidia. Can it meet that? Absolutely. Now, again, what's the catalyst? I want to see earnings definitely put in some alerts, but earnings here is so key because it's been on absolute tear. Now, could you have people selling the rip? Absolutely. Profit taking. Sure. But again, anything here, this stock below 54 at this line here, after the jump 54, I'm buying. Absolutely, I'm buying. I think that the valuation here is absolutely great. On a, on a micron, $60.58 with a PE ratio of $9 is an absolute steal. I think this is an absolute home run play. I would definitely buy into it. And I would want to see the valuation against NVIDIA as NVIDIA still rises. NVIDIA, I want to take the look at the chart here. NVIDIA, again, not as parabolic right now as a micron but again if you want to take a look at a daily chart it's an absolute tear from 100 to now 250 so again not very out of the blue that it could double the price nvidia has been i think the best trading stock in the s p in 2017 an absolute tear and i'm pretty sure you've heard about it everywhere but again i think micron is the new nvidia now it's been an absolute tear price targets have been raised and uh, very bullish calls all across the board for investment houses. So take a look at Micron. That's something that I would want to play. Now, taking a look in general at the markets, I want to go ahead and go over um, exactly the equities. Now, people have asked me, do you think equities are going to fall in general? Like, oh, are they going to fall? Do, do we think that you know, the bull market's over or what have you? Every little drop, I always get asked the same question. Guys, we're still bullish on the Dow Jones. We're still bullish on the S&P. I mean, I have my S&P target at 3,000 for the end of the year. And we're at 2752. Can we hit it? Yeah. NASDAQ, 8,000 was my target. Can we hit it? Absolutely. The Dow Jones, I think the Dow Jones can be hit to 30,000. And we're, we're right around 25,000 and not even the high. The high, I believe, was 27 on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Now, what are some of the things that we need to continue? We have favorable tax policies passed by this White House. We have great value. Well, the valuations are a little weak, obviously, and maybe a little too expensive regarding PE ratios. Yes. Number two, the other catalyst here that I'm thinking about here, other than the tax cuts, is that corporate earnings are absolutely on fire. We've seen the earnings. These companies have money. These companies have growth. Okay, there's a globalized economy. This is not 07. This is not over leveraged banks. This isn't, you know, subprime housing, nothing like that. These are companies making real cash, good balance sheets. And again, I want to take a look at one other, one other sector, the financials. I think Citigroup here is absolutely value, undervalued. I think this is a $100 stock, personally. I think it got hit, obviously. It's been taking a hit from before. You're talking about in a monthly chart, sure. But I mean, just absolutely, it's, I think it's worth $100 a share. I would definitely buy into Citi. The thing with them is that they have, they have exposure overseas. They're more of a global bank. If you don't want to buy a Citibank, I want to be a little more as Goldman Sachs. Keep in mind that Congress is not talking about rolling back Dodd-Frank, which is the the uh, the legislation passed after 07, the crash and what have you, and the banks to really tighten standards, lending standards, uh, investments, everything. It's just basically a, a handcuff for the banks to not do business the way they used to. And yes, I agree. Those banks did not do the right thing. They, they weren't doing exactly the job they should. And uh, basically just running amok. We saw what happened in 07. But for the most part, man, I, I think that we're 11 years past it now, 10, 11 years now. I think Goldman Sachs has been the one you want to play. Morgan Stanley is one I want to play. 
uh, Bank of America. I think these are the companies that are going to benefit, and I think we have a lot more room to the upside. And if you really want to take a look at their valuations and what have you, we can go ahead and take a look here. So if I want to bring up here Goldman Sachs, let's compare Goldman Sachs to a Morgan Stanley. Again, $13 pre-E ratio. It's a lot cheaper than Morgan Stanley. The valuation is pretty much equal, except Morgan Stanley is actually worth a lot more now. It's worth Not a lot more. It's worth more. Um, let's go ahead and compare that to a city. A city, again, $13. Again, very equal valuation. I like this stock at $13. $13 a share, uh, $13 PE ratio. Uh, definitely, these companies have cash. These banks have cash. Uh, let's take a look at JPM. Compared to JPM. And JP Morgan Chase, again, a little more expensive, a $16 stock. I'm really a fan of management for JP Morgan Chase. Obviously, what they have going for them is the retail banking side. Goldman Sachs doesn't have that. They're a banking house. They're an investment house. Bank of America, a little more expensive at $18.48. But again, if you want to look at Goldman Sachs and Citibank, I'm getting a lot more value for my dollar, my investment dollar, at $13, at 13 PE against a Bank of America, $18 or $17 for a JPM. The one I would stay away from is Wells Fargo. Uh, I just think that the uh, the issue with Wells Fargo is just the headline risk. What's going on? I want to keep my money away from them. I want to say outright short it, but again, I would just stay away. Just just don't don't play with fire. You're gonna get burned. I would just stay away. We don't know what other shoes are gonna drop. So just be very very careful on those. So again, I like Micron. I love the financials here. Uh, take a look at them. Uh, again, I think Micron is a home run in a sense that the valuation is absolutely amazing at a nine dollar PE. And we have a lot more to go. I think we have a lot more to go. Uh, technology in general is the gold mine for right now. I mean, where else are you going to put your money? Again, I've been saying tech. I've been saying financials. I like energy on the down, uh, on the downbeat. But again, I'm waiting for that bounce. And we have to break $70 a barrel, $65 a barrel. And we've been hovering around 62 63 If we can get a weaker dollar here, which more likely can happen. But again, 65 I we got to have a $65 barrel, maybe $70 a barrel. Um I would love triple-digit oils before I get into anything heavy on any kind of leverage plays on oil. Um, but I don't even trade leverage. But again, for the most part, you need to wait a 65 there on oil, uh, $65 a barrel on WTI. So that's what we're looking at for the week in, in regards to coming up. Again, we're still very bullish. I want to go ahead and finish up on this note, which is cryptocurrency. And I'm going to show this to everybody. I had this conversation with one of my students uh, this morning. Uh, he's a student in Dubai. And we were talking about cryptocurrency, just in general. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up TradingView. TradingView is a really, really great tool to uh, take a look at charts and mess around with it. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up Amazon. I know, listen, you can listen to it or not, but just hear me out. Hear me out. Looking at the Amazon chart, I'm going to go and bring it up here. Interactive chart. We're just going to look at percentages. That's all I want to show you. And you can have it over here. This is a one-month chart on Amazon. Amazon's IPO was in 1997. Now, Amazon got as high, went from, obviously, we started about cents, $3, what have you, and then rose all the way to the peak in the 90s, end of the 90s, at $88 a share. After $88 a share in, two, in 1999, the same year, it fell down to $48 a share, which is almost half of its value. Came up again, we hit a peak, $104 a share in 1999, which is in December. Keep that in mind, $100 a share and change. Give it about a year later, right after a year later, $16 a share. 
$16 Amazon. This is 2000. So 1999 went from 100 down to 16. So if you think about it, that's 84% of its value wiped out. Now again, I always say we can't, right? I always say the word we can't. Everyone says, "Well, we can't, we can't." For the most part, you guys, you got to understand that your job is to buy low and sell high, not buy high, sell low. I've seen a lot of people do that with crypto. It's either you believe in this or not. It's not even a religion. It's just an asset. So you don't have to fight over it. Do you believe long-term growth in this sector, in this in this asset space? Yes or no? That's basically what you're saying. What we're seeing here, guys, is a churn from the altcoins or the crap coins that really don't have any value. And they're dragging down the rest of the coins, in my opinion. It's all about branding. I've already said many times, Bitcoin is the Starbucks of crypto. It's the name. It's the household name. It's the Walmart. It's the McDonald's. It's the Starbucks. It's the Coca-Cola. That's what you're saying. You don't go into restaurants that can have a Pepsi. You go in there that can have a Coke. That's a Bitcoin. The second one I like is Ethereum. Ethereum would be the Pepsi to Bitcoin's Coke. It's an alternate. Again, there's other coins. There's hundreds of coins out there. I don't recommend all of those. I like personally, I like Bitcoin. I like Ethereum. I like Ripple. Again, people say, oh, Ripple is decentralized. It's not decentralized. Listen, I think that has a better upside and more of an acceptance. So again, I'm looking at cryptocurrency as an asset like Amazon back in 98 at $12 a share, and then the big drop, 84%, a year later, down to, down to $10. This is 2001. You go all the way down, add another 10 years, 2011, just say 10 years. No, you know what? Let's say eight, seven years. We got back to 92. It took seven years to get back to the point of 1999. Actually, nine years. Now, again, it is really up to you as an investor. That's why I say, don't trade crypto, invest in it, hold on to it, don't trade it, no point. Hold on to it long term. If you are patient and you do your research, you will be rewarded because I do believe that cryptocurrency is the internet of the 90s where it wasn't absorbed fully. It was still in its infancy. Only till we got to 2012, 2014, that's 15 years later, Amazon got to $399 a share. And let me tell you something, Amazon did not make money, only made money till 2016. Their PE ratio was 200 and some dollars per dollar owned. So by all means, it was not a value. It was a PE nightmare. They weren't even making money. Every dollar they made was reinvested to the company. So definitely respect to Jeff Bezos. If you would have bought there and held. So let's think about it. If you're back in 2001 and you bought it at 102, you sold it at one at $8 because you panicked, fine. That's normal. I understand. Obviously, it's not very professional, but fine. And you bought again because you think it's going to come up at 94. You're you lost money. You're spending again. Let's say back we're bound to 58 in 2009. You sold again. You bought back at 142. Then you got excited because it went to $200. Shoot, it even doubled. Let's say 280 back in 2013. You made 100%. You sold. Why? Because you made double your money. That's that was crypto last year. People probably sold at the top, which is great. If they sold at the top, good for them. They made money. You have a target. But if you're a long-term investor, what difference does it make? You held all this 2014, and now you're being rewarded at $15.70 a share on Amazon. That's a stock, guys. That's not even a currency. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But what if Amazon starts accepting Bitcoin? Do you think how fast Bitcoin's going to rise? 
once this becomes more widely accepted, I'm expecting this kind of chart. It's exactly what I'm expecting. I'm expecting an Amazon one month chart for Bitcoin. That's why I'm just only holding it. I don't care what it does short term. I'll report it to you guys. Sure. I'll keep you guys in mind because I'm looking for deals. I want it on the cheap. I remember in 2008, 2007, American Airlines was 97 cents a share. I remember Citigroup was 96 cents a share. Bank of America was $8 a share. Shoot, Apple was $11 a share back then. The smart ones have cash. The smart ones bought deals and they got discounted stuff. Do not sell low and buy high. You're doing it backwards. Again, if you cannot handle these kind of swings and you're the type of person that checks it every day, get out of crypto. It's not going to work for you. But again, guys, keep a sense of perspective. This is a long-term deal. Long-term deal. If you cannot handle long-term, don't get into crypto. That's my opinion. And you can sell all the crypto now. Well, guys, again, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. This was the GAR Capital Podcast for the week. Again, we went over a couple things. We talked a little crypto, talked a little Forex. We talked some uh, Federal Reserve. Uh, we talked Micron. We talked the banks. We talked valuation. So really, really good one this week. Um, I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to us. Um, we'll catch you guys with a morning note on Monday. Next week, we'll have another podcast. But again, guys, any questions, make sure to email garcapital at gmail.com. If you don't understand exactly how options trading works or just day trading in general, we offer teaching classes one-on-one uh, -on -one online with me, Carlos Garcia, the founder and CEO, all on gotomeeting.com. GoToMeeting. We have 15 classes we do together. We manage an account together. We build a trading plan for you and it includes three months of our signal service. It's a very, very great deal. It's $2,000 for the package. We do have payment plans available if you want to join. And of course, we have our signal service options, Forex and crypto, crypto for investing, not for trading. So again, guys, just keep that in mind, GAR Capital FX. Com. And make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and the Anchor app. So that was a mouthful. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Let's make it a profitable one. I know you guys are going to do great this week because you guys tell me all the time. I will catch you guys with the morning note on our Instagram page. That's at GAR Capital. And uh, my name is Carlos Garcia again, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Have a great rest of your week, great rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks so much, guys.